time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Maybe you're like me, where you jump into a self-help book or a self-help program, and you read through it and you go through it, and then you realize that not much has changed. There's a lot of information out there. We all have plenty of information on how to make your life better, how to manage your time better, how to change habits and lots of other things that in the end we don't do. So why is it that the how to is there, but the change doesn't come? Well, today I have a guest who's going to help us understand that. Noah St. John is my guest, and I've known of Noah for a number of years and have uh, great respect for his work. He is really famous for helping people get rid of their head trash and to achieve the goals that they want. He's actually the only author in history to have works published by Hay House, HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, Mind Valley, Nightingale Conant, and in the Chicken Soup of the Soul series. So he also appears frequently in the news worldwide, including on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, Parade Magazine, even in Entrepreneur.com and the Huffington Post. Now, if you pay attention, you'll find out at the end that Noah's got a special gift for you. He's going to uh, provide a way of learning more about his process of power habits and give you $299 in free gifts if you take them up on that offer. We're going to talk a good bit about where Noah came from, why he had to take apart his background to figure out how to succeed, given the fact that he realized that success had to be there. There had to be a habit of success, but he wasn't sure what to do. Listen in to see if you maybe suffer from success anorexia, and maybe if you have some head trash that is in your way, and how to find the bridge to success. Now let's welcome on Noah St. John. Noah, it is great to have you on. I'm super excited. Uh, as I told you earlier, I've been following you for a while. In fact, I caught up with you when you were talking about affirmations, not affirmations, but affirmations. But this is a step beyond that when you're talking about, and I'm super excited because I've talked about habits, but you and I are going to talk about power habits and, <laughs> and where that moves in. And I really see the connection between that and when you've, you know, you've had these affirmations or affirmations that you've mm -hmm. created. But first, let's talk a little bit about, about where you come from. Where, what's your history? How did you get to here? Sure, absolutely, Lee. And, and it really is a privilege to be here with you today. I'm, I'm super excited as well. So thanks so much for having me on the program and um, just really excited to be here. So, you know, um, my story uh, started very accidentally, really. Uh, I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood. And I know that's a total cliche, but it's totally true. I grew up in this little town called Kennebunkport, Maine, which just mm -hmm. happens to be one of the wealthiest communities in New England. But my family was dirt poor. And I mean that literally, because we lived at the bottom of a dirt road mm -hmm. in a drafty, unfinished house that my parents ended up losing to foreclosure. Oh, wow. So from a very young age, I was painfully exposed to the gap, the chasm between the haves and the have-nots. The haves was everyone else in the community. The have-nots was my family. Mm -hmm. Now, you always hear these speakers get on the stage, you know, and, and these motivational speakers, and they'll say, well, we were poor, but we didn't know we were poor. We were happy. And I'm like, <laughs> we freaking knew we were poor. <laughs> because my mother reminded us every day that we were poor and miserable. And no, it was not fun. It sucked. It was awful. So I don't know where they are, but man, it was, it was terrible. I mean, I, I hated that life of poverty and fear and lack and not enoughness. I mean, that's what I grew up with every day of, you know, not enough 
uh, you know, not enough food, not enough money, not enough love, whatever you want to say, just this not enoughness. And meanwhile, I saw right down the street, there's plenty of wealth and abundance, you know, so it was a very strange, weird, you know, environment to grow up in. So anyway, long story short, I, I hated that life of poverty and lack and not enoughness. So I did the only thing that I could figure to do because I wanted to get out of that life. And I, you know, listen, I'm just a total nerd. Um, you know, I'm probably the nerdiest nerd in this industry because what I mean by that is when, when something's bothering me, I just have to figure it out. I've got to figure out and take it apart piece by piece and then put it back together so that anybody can understand it. You know, starting with me because I'm a simple guy and I just, I want to understand things. So the point is I wanted to get out of that life. I wanted to live an abundant life, but I didn't know what that meant. So I'm like, I did the only thing I knew how to do, which is go to the library. I just literally went to the library and started reading every book I could on self-help, personal growth. You know, uh, the classics, Napoleon Hill, mm -hmm. Stephen Covey, uh, Dale Carnegie, Wayne Dyer, you know, all the classics. And I really, really tried to make it work. I, I read the books. I did what they said. And I tried to make it work. But you know what? I couldn't get it to work. I was very frustrated. I was working all these survival jobs. I was very not successful. And so at the age of 25, I decided to commit suicide. I decided mm -hmm. to take my own life because I was so depressed, so frustrated, and never, ever seemed to get ahead. So um, I decided to take my own life. Well, at the very last moment, my life was spared. And I tell that full story in the Power Habits book. But mm -hmm. long story short, I, my, my life was spared, and I didn't know why, but I decided to devote the rest of my life to serving God and serving humanity while I was still here on the earth. But the only problem was I still didn't know I was here on the earth. <laughs> so then I went on another long journey. This one, more of a spiritual journey. You know, the first journey was more of an outer journey, outer, you know, success and stuff, and that never worked. So I went on an inner journey. And this one where I was reading books by like the spiritual thinkers of our time, Ernest Holmes, Marianne Williamson, Louise Hay, Deepak Chopra, Neil Donald Walsh, you know, all the, the spiritual thinkers of our time. Well, then in 1997, I had the two epiphanies that really changed my life. And when I realized why I was finally here on the earth, which is to teach about this whole process, the, well, the two epiphanies that I had, the first one was about affirmations, as you mentioned, which we can certainly get into and talk about on today's program. But also the second one, which really uh, crystallized everything for me was when I discovered a condition that no one had ever talked about before. And I discovered it. Um, one day while I was attending a seminar on eating disorders. Now, I didn't have an eating disorder, but I, one of the jobs, you know, I told you I worked a lot of survival jobs. Well, one of the jobs that I had was as a professional ballet dancer. Mm. And in fact, I worked at the Louisville Ballet, where you are, yeah. and then I did that. Been to that ballet, yeah. I did, yeah. And Hartford Ballet and, mm -hmm. and Louisville and Boston Ballet, and, you know, places like that. Well, the point is, in, in that industry, Unfortunately, sadly, many, many people are suffering from eating disorders. Yeah. Now, I didn't have an eating disorder, but I knew lots and lots of people who did. So I went to this seminar on eating disorders, and the speaker was talking about people who develop eating disorders. I said, wow, that sounds exactly like me. You know, they have low self-esteem. They don't know why they're here on the earth. They become suicidal. I'm like, well, check, check, check. I checked every box. And I'm going, then I asked the next logical question, which is, well, then, if I checked every box, how come I didn't develop an eating disorder? And that's when everything, that's when my life made sense for the first time, because I realized that what and what I realized is that there human beings have been told that their worth comes from two places over the you know forever for centuries since the beginning of time female human beings have been told that their worth comes from their physical bodies now that's 
obviously not true. A woman's worth does not come from her physical body, but nevertheless, that's what they've been told for centuries, right? Since the beginning of time. So it makes sense that if a person develops a very low sense of self-worth and they're told that their worth comes from their physical body, it makes perfect sense that they starve themselves of food to punish their physical body. I'm like, well, that just makes perfect sense, right? That's what an eating disorder in fact is. Well, then I said, well, what about men? You know, I'm not a woman, I'm a man. Where have men been told or taught their worth comes from? Well, obviously, men have been taught that their worth comes from their success, right? Their, their status, their wealth, their possessions, what I call their material bodies as opposed to their physical body. Mm-hmm. So I said, now, wait a minute. If a human being who's been told that their worth comes from their, not their physical body, but their material body, and they develop this low sense of self-esteem, this low self-worth, doesn't it make sense that they would punish that part of themselves that they've been told their worth comes from? And if that's true, then doesn't it make sense that there is such a thing that no one's ever talked about before, no one's ever even named it, and I named it sitting there at the seminar, October 20, 1997, and I called it success anorexia. And I realized that I and millions of other people just like me have been suffering from this condition that no one else had ever identified, let alone figured out how to fix or, or heal, which is the condition that I named success anorexia. And so that's why my very first book, which I published uh, first as a self-published book in 1998 called Permission to Succeed, because I realized that we don't need any more how-tos of success. And why? Because if how-tos were enough, we'd all be rich, happy, and thin right? Everybody knows how to succeed, how to lose weight, how to make a million, how to whatever. But it's not the how to, it's not that you don't need it, but that's only 10%. The 90% is actually giving yourself permission to succeed. So that descriptionally, and I know that kind of was kind of long, but, but I know your listeners are, are very smart and savvy. So I wanted to share that with you. That is literally what happened. And that's why I got here. And that's why 15 books later, now we have the new book called The Power Habits. Well, the book is called Power Habits, The New Science for Making Success Automatic, because what I teach is the power habit system. What I discovered all those years ago, and that I've been teaching to my clients for the last two decades, which has helped my clients to you know, add millions and millions of dollars to their businesses, Uh, start their new careers, find love, quit smoking, overcome addiction, lose weight. I mean, literally just incredible transformational results, all because of my two discoveries that I made over 20 years ago. I like that that idea because, you know, I I really do so many times watch people who have all the information they need, right? but nothing comes from it. And it's not like they, it's not just nothing comes from it, but they're not implementing. The the implementation doesn't happen. Um, And it feels to me, so the just briefly talk about affirmations because a lot of people have heard of affirmations where you, right. you know, you can stand in front of the mirror. We've seen it spoofed on Saturday night live and other right. places where doggone it, you deserve to be happy and all that. That's right. Affirmations changes that a little bit to get around our conscious defenses. So talk a little bit about that because I think the next stage, that's kind of the permission piece and then the action piece. That's right. So that was my first epiphany that I had in 1997. So, um, so let's back up a minute. So every self-help book, you know, for everyone listening, you know, if you've ever read a self-help book, they all talk about the same thing, right? And mm-hmm. use these affirmations. And so what's an affirmation? It's a statement of something you want to be true. So for example, at my live events, we have a live event called Freedom Lifestyle Experience, where I teach people how to actually master their inner game and outer game in two days. But you know, at my live events, at my keynote speeches, or working with my private clients, one of the things I like to do is I like to have people stand up and say, okay, we're going to use a traditional old school affirmation. We're going to, we're, you know, going to do what they taught us, right? Which is we're going to use an affirmation. So I say, everybody say, I am rich. And everybody goes, mm-hmm. I am rich. And you know what happens next? 
everybody starts laughing. And I go, well, what are you laughing at? No, I'm and not. Go, Is that right? Exactly. No, I'm not. That's exactly what they say, right? No, I'm not. And I go, but you just said you were. Yeah. And they go, yeah, but I don't believe it. Right. Right. So that's the key. See, there's nothing wrong with the statement. The problem is we don't believe the statement. Now, what mm. they told us in traditional success literature is, well, if you don't believe your statement, just repeat it a thousand million billion kajillion times until you believe it someday, right? Now, for some people, that worked just fine. But for millions of us, it didn't work at all, right? Like me, it didn't work. I did everything they said, and it didn't work at all. So one morning in April 1997, I was in the shower thinking about this very point. You know, you ever have those aha moments in the shower, right? That happens. My wife sees it very often. Yeah, I'm running through with the towel. She says, don't right, talk exactly. to me, you know? <laughs> right, I got it, I got it, right? That aha moment in the shower, right? Yep. So in, in my in Power Habits book, I call it the shower that changed everything, mm-hmm. right? Because in this on this particular morning, I was thinking about this very point. I'm like, why have I been doing everything they told me and it's not working, right? So I said, well, what are we talking about? We're talking about beliefs. But what is a belief? Well, a belief is just a thought. And I said, okay, well, what is thought? And that's when I, I, it hit me. I realized that human thought is this process of asking and searching for answers to questions, hmm. not statements. So let me prove this to you for everyone listening. I'm going to ask a question, and I want you to see what happens. Why is the sky blue? Why is the sky blue? Now, what just happened in your brain? You Started Look for answers. Yeah. Search for the answer. I'm right? going back to high school science. You know? uh, exactly. yeah, because, you know, yeah. That's right. You started to search for the notice. You couldn't not do it. You couldn't even help doing it. It just mm-hmm. happened automatically. Right. So I said, now, wait a second. If the human well, see, it's like doing a Google search, right? Or a computer searching its files, right? It's like your brain is like a computer. It's searching its files. The sky is blue because brrr, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's searching. Right. And notice it happened automatically. So I said, now, wait a second. If the human mind is automatically searching for answers to questions, why are we going around making statements that we don't believe? Mm -hmm. Why don't we cut out the middleman? And I said, well, I don't know. What would that look like? This is a really long shower, by the way. (laughs) I said, (laughs) so I said, well, wait a minute. All right. You got the statement or affirmation, what they've been teaching us for decades. I am rich to which your brain says. Yeah, right, right? I call it the yeah, right response because that's literally what your brain says. Yeah, right. So then I said, if that's the statement, well, what's the question? What would the question be? And then I said, why am I so rich? Why am I so rich? Now, everybody listening, ask yourself that question. Why am I so rich? Now, what's happening in your brain? You're searching for the answer, Yeah. right? So what I'm teaching, you know, what I teach in the Power Habits book and all my books and in my book on affirmations and in my live events and my keynote speeches, we're talking about the law of sowing and reaping. As you sow, so shall you reap. Now, of course, it's nothing new. It's been taught for centuries. But what are we sowing? We're sowing seeds of thought. But what are most people doing? Sowing lousy thought seeds. Mm. Why am I so stupid? Why am I so fat? Why can't I lose weight? Why isn't my business growing? Why can't I find the right job? Why can't I find the right partner? Why is there more month left at the end of the money? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And when you ask lousy questions, what do you get? You get the search, but it's for the lousy answers. Lousy answers, right? Yeah. And that creates a lousy life. So as I was standing in the shower, April 1997, I said, holy cow, wait a minute. What if instead of asking lousy questions that lead to lousy answers, create a lousy life? What if we just flip the whole thing on its head? Start asking empowering questions that lead to phenomenal answers and create a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was standing there. I said, holy cow, I think I just invented something. And so mm-hmm. I had to give it a name. And the name that I gave it was Aff- 
formations, A-F-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N-S. And actually, you can go to afformations.com and actually learn more about my affirmation system. But affirmations, so the word affirmations, the one that, you know, we've been taught for decades that, you know, every guru teaches, right? And I'm not saying that they're wrong, but the word affirmation comes from the Latin word firmare, which means to make firm. Now, the word affirmations that I invented, and by the way, it's perfectly legitimate to invent a new word, right? When you have a new way of looking at the universe, a new technology, isn't it true? We often need a new word, for example. Facebook, Google, YouTube, webinar, I mean, software, these are all Thrivology. Here you are. Exactly. I made the, <laughs> I'm a thrivologist, right? right? <laughs> exactly. You got it, right? Mm -hmm. It's a new technology or a new way of looking at the universe. We need a new word. Well, the word affirmations comes from the Latin word formare, which means to form mm. or give shape to. So what I often say to my you know, audiences at my keynote speeches or at my live events or even with my coaching clients, I say to them, what if you're making something firm, but it's in the wrong form? Mm -hmm. That means you formed a life that you didn't want. So now with affirmations, using my affirmations method, which is part of my power habits system that I give you in the book. The point is, now using my affirmations method, you can, instead of asking lousy questions that lead to lousy answers and create a lousy life, now you can finally take control of the questions that you're asking, change your questions, change your habits, and change your life. Wow. It's a great introduction to, to that whole process in, in ways that people can instantly activate. I, I'm kind of curious, I'm, just to backtrack a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing uh, I've done, uh, so my background is as a therapist, so I have some training in what happens with people who have eating disorders. And one of the things that happens is that you can look at someone and say, you look in the mirror, you see a thin person there, you can say, hey, I'm thin, right? And they go, no, I don't see that. They do I'm not. I'm not thin. So I'm, I'm the affirmation. no right now for the people. Right, <laughs> yeah. The affirmation, I am thin and beautiful. Nope, nothing. And they're going, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, nothing. I'm fat and I'm It ugly. just it's, bounces off their head. It bounces. Now, part of that is, right. a, is there's odd places where that comes from, and we're not really clear about it. It's just that the thought gets embedded and becomes a belief. And I'm, I'm curious, right. you backtracked all the way to... Um, being poor and knowing it, not just being happily, you know, without. Uh, no, <laughs> not happy at all. It was which miserable. often we, so here you are, male, where success yes. is the rating and probably watching it with your father struggling with that too. That's right. And here you are in this instantly able to compare, just look beside you or look up the street or wherever and realize where you were. Right. That creates a mental model for you and your family of, of worth and of value. That's right. It's right into your model. How did that get changed? Because at one point it, you gave up on changing that. You just wanted to check out on that. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that I say, and this may sound glib, but it's very serious is that all of this was pre-internet. You know, I'm, I'm 52. So I'm a, a gen X. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm a Gen X. I'm, I'm not a millennial or whatever. But anyway, so, you know, this is all pre-internet. So this, you know, when I decided to commit suicide, it was 1992, you know, which was definitely pre-internet. So my whole life, see, I was labeled a smart kid. I'm using air quotes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I skipped eighth grade and I still was, you know, graduated at the top of my class and I you know, had full scholarships to college. But at that time, the only options for a so-called smart kid like me was to be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't want to do either of those things. I'm like, you know, just shoot me now because I, I really don't want to do those things. And I mean, God bless people who are doctors and lawyers because I could never do that. I'm like, 
I just, none of that appealed to me at all. So I'm literally saying here, what am I going to do with my life? I don't know what to do with my life because I, none of those things appealed to me. And so, you know, I was working all those survival jobs, like I mentioned earlier. And so literally I, I just looked down the road at my life and going, looking at it going, well, this sucks. I, I don't like this. So I don't want to be here. I didn't see any other option, as you said. And so, you know, when my life was spared at the last minute, what I did was I did go back. I did go on that spiritual journey, as I, as I mentioned earlier. And that's when I started to realize that um, I, it was a one book that really changed my life, which was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. And when I found that book, I was actually in a church bookstore. And I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I was in just browsing the books. And all of a sudden, something dropped at my feet from the bookshelf. I picked it up and it was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I'm like, what, how did that fall off the shelf? You know, did the wind come through? I didn't, you know, there's no one around. And I think it was the hand of God just pushed it at me and said, here, you got to read this. I'm like, okay. I mean, I can take a sign like the next person. So I, you know, it was actually an audio book. So I listened to it over and over and I just was crying. I just, it touched me so deeply. And so that's why I wanted to follow in the footsteps of Dr. Covey, who was a religious studies major mm -hmm. in college. And so I actually had the opportunity to interview Dr. Covey uh, back in 1996, over, over 20 years ago now. And of course, he sadly passed away a few years yeah. ago. But anyway, that he was my inspiration for getting into this business, uh, for this industry, you know, being a, a self-help author and a personal development coach and, and now what we call, you know, peak performance and power habits coach. But anyway, so that's really what it was, was just wanting to make something of my life, wanting to, you know, not just work at a job, but really wanting to help people to make a difference and, and you know, yes, to make a good income. So now with the internet, the, the point what I was getting at is now, of course, the internet really just came along in, you know, the late 90s. And so I unknowingly, literally unknowingly started and launched one of the very first personal and business development websites on the internet in 1997. I started my company, successclinic.com. That's why I have such a great URL at successclinic.com. People go, how'd you get that? I'm like, well, I've been doing this for over 20 years. You were years. there. <laughs> Nobody else was like, there. <laughs> number seven, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> the point is that, you know, I people would just Google fear of success or how to succeed. And I would literally just come up number one on Google. I mean, that was the good old days, you know, mm -hmm. you could do that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so, I mean, that's what it, the internet literally has changed my life. And of course, now I help people to, to build their internet uh, business and, you know, have what I call the freedom lifestyle, where you have the time, the energy, the relationships and the money that you want so that you can have, you know, more that time freedom, that financial freedom. And, you know, that's what we've been able to do for, for many, many people all around the world. And part of that is by taking apart some of the old programming. Um, and right. so, and that's a, a big piece of this, as I hear, is that the um, affirmations are a way of beginning to unstack that and question you know, mm -hmm. and, and move beyond that, using the questioning to move beyond right. that stuck place of, of limitation. But then we're down to the 90%, right? I mean, that, so that, that's, there's a piece of that, that that's still out there, the how-to. But the implementation, which is really about what habit, we all have habits. Um, I was right. with a, a group uh, of guys that I get together with, and we were talking about disruption. And somehow disruption ended up being about habits and how mm -hmm. much of our life is run by habits. And so we right. started running around the group, you know, how much do we think our, our habits are helping us or hindering us? And it was an <laughs> interesting conversation because mm -hmm. there are habits and there are, I would assume, power habits, right? I mean, Right. We can have just a habit of how I get up in the morning, run the day, make coffee, walk right. the dog, whatever. Right. So what are power habits? What, what, 
moves us from just a, a habit that's just just response to something to a power habit that might actually move us forward. Right. Absolutely. So I, I love that you're bringing up this this question because it is it's a central thesis or theme of of my work over these last two decades. And so. One of the things that I realized when I discovered success anorexia, you know, what I shared earlier about the fact that I and millions of people are unknowingly, unwittingly starving ourselves of the success we're perfectly capable of. Mm. And so what I realized, however, in that, as I, you know, been, began working with clients and keynote speaking and writing books, I, real, I began to realize over time that there's a, a tiny, tiny minority of people who aren't holding themselves back from success. And I call these people the naturals or the two percenters. So if you just look at mathematics, I mean, this is just math, that 2% of the population of earth holds 98% of the wealth of the planet. I mean, that's just math. It's not fair. It's not right. It's just what is, right? So I call those people the naturals or the two percenters. Well, what I realized over time and working with so many people and helping people, you know, make so much money and overcome addiction and find love and lose weight and so forth is that highly successful people have become unconsciously competent at allowing themselves to succeed. Now, I know that's kind of a big sentence, so let me unpack that for you. It's very, actually very simple when you, when you break it down. So whenever we humans want to master a new habit, we always go through four stages, four stages of competency. The first stage is unconscious incompetence. That means you don't know you don't know. Mm -hmm. The second stage is conscious incompetence. That means you know you don't know. The third stage is conscious competence, which means you know you know. And then the fourth and final stage is unconscious competence, which is you do without thinking. Mm -hmm. So the example I always like to give in my keynote speeches or my live events is driving a car, right? So most people listening to this program probably know how to drive a car. So however, you all, all of us went through those four stages of driving a car. So the first stage is unconscious incompetence. That means you didn't know you didn't know how to drive a car, meaning no one comes out of the womb and says, hey, where's my car? Right. I mean, that's it doesn't work that way. Right. You don't even know you don't know. Then you get to the stage of maybe, you know, eight, 10, 12 years old and you're like, Hmm, I want to get away from my parents, you know, and I, I, I want to get, get out of here, right? But how do you do? Well, I only have a bicycle and there's these things called cars and I don't know how to drive one. Gosh darn it, I got to learn how to drive a car, right? So something like that, right? So we now we know we don't know how to drive a car. Mm -hmm. Then you get to this third stage, which is conscious competence. That means you take driver's ed and you get a license that says, yes, I'm consciously competent to drive a car. It doesn't say that, but that's what a license really means. And then of course, we get now, for most people listening to this program, it's you do without thinking. You're driving a car and you literally are not thinking about it, right? So think about the dozens and dozens of tasks or habits that we do every single day that we don't think about, right? Getting up, brushing our teeth, you know, bathing, tying our shoes, speaking, writing, and so forth and so on, right? There's literally hundreds of things we do every day without thinking. But here's the key that I want people to realize. So for the naturals, the two percenters that I was talking about have become unconsciously competent at allowing themselves to succeed. And what I mean by that is, they literally don't have this head trash that I teach, that I talk about, that is holding 98% of us back, right? They don't have these self-doubts. They don't have that head, they don't have that voice that says, I can't do it, or whatever it might be for us. So, and the way that I also know this, you know, not only studying and working with so many people, but I've interviewed over 200 highly successful people, millionaires, multimillionaires, you know, even some billionaires, and I've asked, you know, I'll ask them specific questions and I'll say, have you ever noticed that you do this and this or you do such and such? And you ever, have you ever noticed that you do that, you know, with your business or you do that with your daily life or your habits or whatever it might be? And they'll, they'll pause for a second and they'll go, yeah, you're right. I do do that. I never thought of that before. 
So what does that show you? It shows you that they're unconscious, right? They're literally unconsciously, they never thought of it. They just did it. So here's the point. Most of the success programs, what I call traditional success literature or traditional success programs, are taught by naturals. That means they're teaching us the how-tos and they're leaving out all the good stuff, right? So think about the example I always give is Napoleon Hill, right? Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, right? It's a classic book in self-help. I mean, millions and millions of people have read it. It's a great book. But what did he do? Napoleon Hill went to all these successful people. He said, so how did you become successful? Well, I did this, 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 and this. Okay, well, you do this, 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 and then you become successful. So how, many, how come millions of people read that book and not everybody's successful? Well, it's because they left out all the good stuff. They left out the unconscious part, the part that they didn't even know they were doing. So that's why many people, Lee, say about my work with Power Habits and the affirmations that I do, that I teach, they say that Power Habits, my work starts where Napoleon Hill's work left off. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because you were coming from a place um, where it wasn't just in your background. I mean, that you, you didn't have a model for that. You had to build exactly. it. Therefore, you That's held right. on to that conscious competence part long enough to express it. And, and yeah, so one of the things, I, I, just to kind of think, if people were looking at that from unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence, that happens in everything we do. That really is the basis of a habit. So That's you right. think about it even, like I, I mentioned, making coffee. You know, when you say, oh, I think I'm going to make some coffee. The first time you ever do that, you don't even know what you don't know about that. You know, you're just that's like, right. I don't know what that's about. And then you go figure it out. And at that point you go, wow, it's overwhelming. I don't know what brewer to get. I don't know what grinder to get. I don't know what kind of coffee to get. Then you kind of decide on something and you kind of get competent at it. But after right. a while, you just, you just do it automatically. I have the same thing watching in jujitsu. Mm -hmm. You know, the, my instructor, I watch him struggle to bring in that unconscious stuff. That's right. Uh, really is hard once you've gotten to that level. So you, you were able to bridge something because that wasn't just, in your your growing and in, in, in your right. environment growing up so a very cool way of bringing it i just want to come back to one thing what's head trash can you talk about some about the head trash yes absolutely and 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 so just just to put a sort of finishing touch yeah, on what yeah, you sure. said is that what many people say about my work is that my work is the bridge for the rest of us to achieve success because mm -hmm. So many people come to my live events, they come to Freedom Lifestyle Experience, or they come up to me, you know, after my keynote speeches, and they say, Noah, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on all the gurus, and I'm still stuck. And you were the first coach, teacher, mentor to help me to actually bridge the gap between where I was and where I wanted to be. For example, you know, we, uh, one of our clients uh, named Sheila, and she came to my event, and she was making about $5,000 a month in sales as a, as a business owner. And um, she'd been doing that for, you know, many years. She'd spent tens of thousands of dollars to really, you know, try to expand and grow and make more. And she was very frustrated, but, you know, very smart, very intelligent, but just didn't have the skills because no one had taught her that. They were all going from that conscious competence part. And so anyway, I was able to teach her the power habit system. And long story short, in less than a year, her company, her business grew from making 5000 a month to over $75,000 a month. Wow. So... We have a lot of stories like that of people who just really expanded and were able to grow. And, you know, you can watch those videos on our website because of, of, I like to interview my clients of how they use my power habit system to actually change their lives, whether it's in, in business or money or finances, but also in their health and losing weight um, and overcoming addiction and so forth. So so to this subject of head trash, uh, head trash, you know, and really, if you look at it, I've really written 15, all of my work, all of my 15 books that I've written and published 
are really about this whole subject of head trash. So what is, you know, getting rid of it, getting rid of your head trash. So what is head trash? Well, head trash, really, the way that I teach it is that it's the voice in your head that says, I can't do it because mm. dot, dot, dot. And then you just fill in the blank, right? Well, no, this all sounds great. I, you know, I want to grow my business. I want to make more money. I want to improve my career. I want to write a book. I want to, you know, whatever it might be, lose the weight, find love, whatever, right? But I can't do it because, right? And then they always give me the excuse, right? Well, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I didn't go to the right college. Uh, I'm divorced. I have kids. I don't have kids. Uh, I have tried everything. Um, I'm too busy. I'm a Martian. I mean, whatever. I mean, I've heard it all, right? I've just, I've heard every excuse. And see, here's what I want people to realize is that you always make yourself right. You always make yourself right. See, we humans have an almost infinite capacity to make ourselves right. If you don't believe me, put a Democrat and a Republican in the same room and have them watch a political speech and see what happens, right? But yeah. put a New York Yankees fan and a Boston Red Sox fan watching the Red Sox-Yankees game, right? And see what happens. You see what I mean? Yeah, we you all think way more right. convinced of you and how wrong That's they right. are, but how right you are. That's right. And yeah. so we have, we have an infinite capacity to make ourselves right. But this is one area where you don't want to be right, mm. right? So, so for example, uh, the example I like to give is about time, right? That's one of the most common head trashes that we hear all the time. Oh, no, this sounds great. I want, to, I want to grow my business. I want to make more money. I want to write my book. I want to lose the weight. But I don't have the time. And I say, okay, now that's interesting. Now, let's look at that subject of time, right? Now, you do realize that you, me, and Bill Gates, and Mark Cuban, and Richard Branson, Warren Buffett, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? And they go, well, yeah. And I say, okay, so do you think they're not busy? You think they're just sort of sitting around doing nothing? And well, no. I said, well, okay, well, what do you think the difference is? And they go, well, you know, they were born rich. I go, no, that's not, no, that's not true when you really look at their, you know, thing. But I mean, yes, they're unconsciously competent. I get that. And, and that is, in fact, true. They are unconsciously, but I'm teaching you the systems to get there. So this is what I want people to realize is number one, there's a, there's a great phrase that I love to share in my, in my keynote speeches and my live events, and that is this. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. Mm. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. So everybody has big goals, right? We all, you know, the new, the new decade here is, is upon us, right? Not just a new year, but a new decade, right? And so the point is that, my goodness, we all, you know, hey, I want to make a million dollars. I want to have an island in the Caribbean. I want to, you know, whatever it is. And that's great. You want to have big goals. But that doesn't really matter. The goals are almost irrelevant. Why? Because it all comes down to our inner game and outer game systems, right? And the inner game systems is all about, number one, identifying your head trash, and then number two, systematically getting rid of it, right? Not listening to that voice that says, I can't do it because, right? And number two, when we just look at the subject of time, the example I always like to give is, imagine you're going through your day, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and it's someone, it's a family member, and they say, hey, you gotta get down to the emergency room. Someone in our family was just in, a, in an accident, and you got to get to the ICU, get, get to the emergency room right now because it's really serious. Now, what are you going to do in that moment? You're going to say to the person, oh, I can't really do it uh, today. How's next Thursday? Is that, you know, can we do it then? You know, are, are they going to put it off? Oh, I got to watch some TV right now. You know, of course not. You're going to drop everything. Even if you have wall-to-wall -wall meetings, you have tons of things to do, you're going to drop everything and go there, right? Why? Because I just proved to you that it's not time that's relevant. It's two things. It's focus and priorities. Mm. It's all about your focus, meaning, you know, that, that thing that just happened got you very focused. And of course, your priority is your loved ones, your family. And so that's the point. It's not about time. Time is not relevant. It's about focus, 
priorities and systems. And there's Covey back there saying what's important. You know, you're, you're getting exactly. distracted by what may be urgent, but not important. That's and right. not getting to the important stuff. That's right. Absolutely. And so that's why, you know, using power habit system is, and, and you know, it, it dovetails very nicely with his seven habits of highly effective people, mm-hmm. you know, because again, those are conscious habits that he was teaching of highly effective people, which are phenomenal and, and great. And of course, you know, have changed millions of lives, including mine. And so now with the power habit system, when what people do is they like to use them both together because what I do is I teach about the subconscious things that those highly successful people or what Covey would have said, you know, highly effective people are doing, but they don't even know they're doing it. <laughs> right. So going back to my point of interviewing highly successful people and saying, do you know you're doing that? And they're going, Oh yeah, I never thought of that. Yes, mm-hmm. I could do that. I want to highlight why this is so important before we run out of time. There's, you, you talked about systems, and I think a lot of times people miss the fact that we all have systems. Right. <laughs> it's not a matter of whether you have them or not, but whether they're working for you. So what would be kind of, an, let's say a low, a low level, what would be kind of a, a system replacement, if you will, of something yeah. that maybe we need to make a shift to a better system? Yeah, absolutely. And in, in the Power Habits book, I actually mm-hmm. walk you through the five systems of support, people, activities, environment, introspection, and simplify. Those are the five systems that highly successful people, unconsciously successful people are doing. So let's just look at one of those, which is the activity system. Yeah. Right? Very, very important. So what is the activity system? Well, the activity system is what you do in your day, right? It's just what it sounds like. It's what are you doing today, right? Every Because we live our life in days, right? We don't, you can't live tomorrow. You can't live yesterday. You can't live next week. We live today, right? Literally, here we are, right? This is all we have is, is you know, is today, 24 hours, right? And so what are you doing? It's the activity system. So the point is, time's going to go anyway, right? <laughs> Time is not relevant, right? And I know I keep reiterating that, but it's really, really important to realize because that's a big the reason. Again, I say it a lot is because people give me that excuse all the time. That's their head trash. I don't have the time. You have time. Time just is. It is not relevant. That's not the discussion. The discussion is what are you doing today, right? What are you doing with the time that you've been given, mm-hmm. all right? So there's basically two types of activities. We don't like to say good habits and bad habits because at successclinic.com with my company, you know, with my coaching and, and speaking, we just feel like good habits, bad habits, everybody's heard that a million times and it just sort of puts a label that doesn't really help anything, right? Oh, it's a bad habit, you know, and everybody knows, oh, I got bad habits, I want to change, but you know what? It doesn't help. So what we like to just say very simply is, Productive versus unproductive. Productive, very simply, is are you moving towards your goal, right? Is it moving you? Is this activity or habit moving you towards your goal, your pot of gold, or is it stopping you or holding you back from reaching your goal, right? So that's a very easy way to look at it. So the example, of course, the classic example is procrastination, right? That's a habit that, of course, most people do, right? And, you know, at my live events, I love to, uh, you know, ask the question, so how many people here procrastinate? And, of course, you know, 80% of the hands go up and I say, okay, the rest of you are waiting until later yeah. to put your yeah, hands we'll, up. We'll that, that, yeah. Down the road, I might raise my hand, but we'll see. Right. A little procrastination humor, right? So the point <laughs> I is- I was busy on Facebook, right? sorry. <laughs> right, exactly, right, 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 exactly. So the point is, well, why would we do it? Well, very simply because of the way the brain works. Now, I, again, I know we're running a little short on time, but just very briefly mm-hmm. is that, you know, procrastination, one of the main reasons for it is because your brain needs to feel safe. One of your brain, your brain, I'm talking about your lizard brain, the one, you know, way in the back of the head or, you know, the, called the lizard brain or the, you know, the ancient brain, not the frontal cortex, which is our higher thought processes, but, you know, just the survival brain, the lizard brain, right? Its basic job is to keep you not dead. 
That's its basic job. Make sure, don't die today. That's my job, right? Now, what's a great way to not die? Well, a great way to not die is don't go to something that's going to scare you, mm -hmm. right? Because if it scares you, it could eat you and kill you, right? So, you know, that's what the ancient brain, that's why it's fight or flight, right? It's just, that's what, you know, animals do. They're in fight or flight, you know, whatever. So we, we humans are, are the same thing, right? We just have these higher brain functions, but nevertheless, you go, procrastination, why am I doing it? You keep doing it, believe it or not, so you don't die. Right. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you really think about it, your brain's job is to keep you safe, which means don't die, which means don't do something that could scare you. So, for example, what do you procrastinate on? You procrastinate on things that are actually going to help you. Right. Like, I'm a, oh, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to write that article. I'm going to finish my book. I'm going to launch my website. I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to, you know, ask that girl out on a date, whatever it might be. But guess what? I'm scared of doing that. I'm afraid. What if I get rejected? What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? What if they make fun? of You see what I mean? So all these things are happening unconsciously, and that's precisely why we don't do it. So instead, what do we do? You know, we watch cat videos on YouTube. We don't procrastinate we watch, that. <laughs> we don't right. procrastinate Facebook or opening a bag of chips. Exactly. Or <laughs> why? Because it's safe, and your brain goes, see, I did my job today. I'm yeah, not dead. You're good. You're, you're welcome. Right? You went to bed. <laughs> I'm not dead. You're welcome. Right? And that's what's so funny, because the ancient brain your lizard brain doesn't care if you're broke. It doesn't care if you're fat. It doesn't care if you're lonely. It doesn't, it just makes sure you're not dead. It's like, Hey, I did my job. What's your problem? Mm -hmm. well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really, I know it sounds funny, but it's really serious. Yeah. That's literally what's happening. And that's why it's so hard to change. That's why you can't use willpower. One of the things I talk about, you know, in the power habits book and at my coaching all the time is willpower doesn't work. It works a little bit. I mean, it works a little bit, you know? So if you want to make a change, right? What do they teach us? Hey, just use willpower. Just grit your teeth. So basically what they're telling us is to fight 95% of your brain with 5% of mm -hmm. your brain. Because so, mm -hmm. think about it, 95% of our brain, of your brain is subconscious, right? It, our thoughts, behaviors, and actions are in the subconscious, like the bottom part of the iceberg, right? And it wasn't the top part of the iceberg that's on the Titanic, it was the bottom part, the part they didn't see, right? It's the same with us humans. So 5% is visible above the surface, that's your conscious mind, 95% is subconscious. So guess what? They told you, with will, use willpower, which is basically saying, fight 95% of your brain with 5% of your brain. So just think about this for a minute. If you, have a, if you have a team sport, let's say football, and you got 95 guys going up against five guys, which team's going to win, yeah. right? Yeah. Probably the team with 95 guys, but only every time. So that's, again, why power habits is so effectively because, you know, what I'm teaching is stop using willpower. It doesn't work. We don't need to use, you don't even need to use it. You're, you're trying to drive a hammer uh, a drive, drive a nail into a wall using a chainsaw. They just mm. gave you the wrong tool. So use a hammer and it's a lot easier. Yeah. And, and I've just read some stuff about willpower that basically, you know, the, the, our level of willpower, every time we have to make a decision on anything, that's right. we're spending it and we only have so right. much to spend. So the question is whether we're spending on things that matter or that's right. other stuff. So great with systems. Um, so it, we, we're not going to go all the way through the power habits because it's too important to just try to go through. I want people to uh, go. Um, the book is available. You want to talk a little bit about where it's available, um, which probably is everywhere, but go ahead and talk a little bit about <laughs> where it's available. Yeah, well, we have a special for your listeners, Lee, which yeah. is if you go to powerhabitsbook.com, very easy to remember, powerhabitsbook.com. And we'll have that in the show notes. <laughs> right, so powerhabitsbook.com, and then you just, uh, when you go to that site, You'll, there's a button, you just go to Amazon, order the book, or you can order it anywhere, Barnes Noble, you know, the local bookstore. Then go back to powerhabitsbook.com, enter your order information, and because you're listening to this program right now, I will actually give you a gift package, a digital gift package worth over $299, including a special video 
uh, of uh, that was recently filmed at one of our live events called Freedom Lifestyle Experience. Uh, so again, powerhabitsbook.com. Just order there, put your order info in, and we've got a special gift package for you because you're listening to this program. So this has been really interesting information and very useful, and especially and as we talked, we're, we're at two times right now time to buy gifts. So if you've got people in your life that, you know, might be able to benefit from that, and that would be 100% of the people around us that could benefit from that change. This would be a great gift opportunity. And we're also not just at the end of the year, but you're right at the end of a decade about to to launch into a new decade where we can ask the question, what's this decade going to be? What's the next year going to be? Let's just round it down to the next year, not overwhelm ourselves, but (laughs) what's it going to be about? And this is a great way of making that shift. Um, Noah, thank you so much for being here again. uh, uh, Powerhabitsbook.com. We'll have that in the show notes, but go take a look and take advantage of making that shift in your mind. Noah, thanks for being here. My pleasure. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.